Welcome to this series of Bible lessons on the New Testament. In these 42 lessons, we will teach the history of the Lord Jesus as delivered to us in the four Gospels. We will start with the days that led up to Christ's humble birth in Bethlehem. We will then look at his blessed ministry, his suffering, his death, and resurrection. His humble life on earth concludes with his ascension, and after this, the blessed outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Lastly, we will teach the calling and ministry of the greatest evangelist that ever lived, Paul the Apostle. These last lessons are taught from the book of Acts and include Paul's missionary journeys. Be sure to use the lesson guide with questions and knowledge exercises presented with these lectures. We hope these lessons are a blessing to you. Thank you. In Lesson 11 of our Bible study on the life and ministry of Christ, we wish to see Jesus' power over sickness and death. We will see this in two parts. First, Jesus' power to heal the centurion's servant. You can find this in Luke 7, verses 1 through 10. Then, in part 2, we see Jesus raising the young man of Nain, and that is recorded in Luke 7, verses 11 through 17. So first, Jesus heals the centurion's servant. Luke 7, verses 1 through 10. Jesus has ended the Sermon on the Mount. He has dismissed the people and he has gone with his disciples into Capernaum. In Capernaum lives a centurion. A centurion is a Roman captain over 100 soldiers. The Romans had captains and soldiers spread throughout their empire to keep order and peace. But this centurion is different. It says that this centurion feared God, that he loved the nation of the Jews, and that he had even built them a synagogue. Now, that says that he knows much about the religion of the Jews and that he follows this. And at this time, the servant of this centurion is sick unto death. Oh, this centurion, he loves his servant. Now that is remarkable, because in this time, servants were treated as slaves. Then a Roman would only get another slave if his servant died. But this centurion, he has compassion upon his servant. He cares for him. He loves him. And when this centurion now hears that Jesus has come to Capernaum, ah, then he thinks and he believes that Jesus is able to heal his servant. So he believes 
that Jesus has power also to heal this servant. But he has a problem because he is a Roman. He cannot go to Jesus. He does not feel worthy to go to Jesus. And so he calls the elders of the Jews and he asks them if they will go to Jesus to ask Jesus to come and heal his servant. Now we should notice the elders of the Jews, they themselves did not believe in Jesus as the Son of God. They did not believe that Jesus had power to do wonders, and yet they are willing to do it for the sake of this centurion, because of what this centurion has done for them. And so they come to Jesus, and then we hear them say, He is worthy that you would do this, because he loves our nation, and he has even built us a synagogue. There is no worthiness necessary by Jesus, but it is good to hear this out of the mouth of the Jews, the testimony they give of this centurion. But we know that Jesus does not turn anyone away. He has come uh, to seek and to save sinners, uh, to help and to heal all those in need. He will not turn anyone away. What a message for you and for me. <clears throat> there is no one who is unworthy to come to Jesus. Jesus is willing to receive even the least. And so we see Jesus leaving the house where he is on his way to the centurion's house. But then the centurion sends other servants to Jesus. And they are to tell Jesus not to come to the house of the centurion. He says, do not trouble yourself to come to my house, for I was not worthy to come to you, and I am not worthy that you would come under the roof of my house. And then he shows his respect for Jesus, that he by faith believes that Jesus can do miracles, because he says, I am also a man under authority. I tell one soldier to go, and he goes, and I tell another soldier to come, and he comes. And he says, so you are also a man of authority. All you need to do is to speak one word, and my servant shall be healed. Do you hear that? That is the faith of this centurion. He, in his humility, does not believe that he is worthy that Jesus would come into his house. But he does believe that Jesus is able to say one word, and it shall happen. Oh, when Jesus hears this, he turns to his disciples and to the people around him, and he says, I have not seen such great faith, not in Israel. Oh, then he has seen faith of the disciples, faith of others, but he says, I have not seen such faith. 
where I do not have to come to touch or to anoint, but only speak one word, all then this centurion's faith will not be put to shame, because Jesus speaks one word, and the servant is healed. Oh, when the servants of the centurion come back to his house, then they find that exactly at the time when Jesus said this, the servant was healed. All then, we should realize that Jesus has all power in heaven and on earth. Jesus only has to speak one word and it shall come to pass. May we learn to know something of that power that Jesus can heal with one word out of his word. The following day, Jesus travels to another city of Galilee, and that is where we see in part two, Jesus raises the young man of Nain. Jesus and his disciples with much people are now traveling to Nain, another city of Galilee. And when they come close to this city, they see a large group of people leaving the city. It is a funeral procession. A widow is going to bury her only son. Oh, we can imagine how this widow is weeping because this is her only son. This son was to provide for her in all her daily needs. And now he has died. Oh, who will take care of her for the unknown future? And when Jesus now meets this woman, then he says to her, weep not. We would say, how foolish. Does Jesus not understand the sorrow and the grief in the heart of this woman when she is going to bury her only son? But no, Jesus knows very well what is transpiring in the heart of this woman. But he has compassion upon her. He feels sorry for her. And he is willing to do wonders also for her, that his name may be glorified. And so he goes to the stretcher, uh, where the men are carrying uh, this body uh, to bury him. Now, we should notice uh, that in uh, Palestine, a funeral would take place as soon as possible after a person has died, uh, because they did not prepare bodies as we do, and then the bodies would have to be buried before they began to swell or to stink. But Jesus now goes to this stretcher, and there he touches this young man, and he says, Young man, arise. And immediately this young man sat up and began to talk. All we can imagine the joy in the heart of this widow when she sees that her child is raised from the dead. Oh, what a wonder has taken place here. And we would even ask the question, how is it possible? Is someone raised from the dead 
Does he have a second chance to be born again? No, we need to understand that any time that Jesus raises someone from the dead, they are already children of God. No one will be able to leave hell to repent and yet be saved. No one will get a second chance. But here we see a child of God who may come back to earth to testify and to glorify God for all his wonders and all his power. And that is also what happens when the people see this miracle. Oh, they glorify God, but they do not glorify Jesus as the Son of God. No, they say a great prophet has risen. And so they only see Jesus as a great prophet. They do not see him as the Son of God. But now we have one question left, and that is what is necessary for you and for me. We must also be born again. By nature, we are all dead in sin, and we must be born again. That means to be made spiritually alive. Oh, then our heart will come to life. Then God will take our stony heart away and he will give us a heart of flesh, a heart that fears God and that loves him. Oh, that that may be our portion and our desire. Thank you. <laughs>